Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. On the wire in association with Ladbrokes. Yeah, it's that time of the year again. It's the Dublin Racing Festival. Uh, the festival uh, still relatively early in its inception that has completely taken off. And it is on the wire here in association with Labrooks. We have great guests on the show today. We're going to hear a four-minute interview with Paul Townend about his kind of uh, favourite, uh, I suppose, memories and also what he's looking forward to. It's faster or slow too. Galloping Deschamps nil, but the bookies, including Labrooks, think it'll be 2-1 uh, come the weekend. Are they right? Are they wrong? It's time for On the Wire. Yeah, I did mention our sponsor, Labrooks, and Nicola McGeady, actually, um, she did catch up with Paul Town, and we'll hear that interview shortly. And, uh, yeah, before we do hear it, Nicola, he's in good form, you'd have to say, not only in terms of his winners of late, um, but also going into the weekend. Well, why wouldn't he be when he has the pick of so many amazing horses? Like, he literally has the, the most envious book of rides over the weekend. So, yeah, he was in great form to chat to uh, when I caught up with him during the week at Leopardstown. So, yeah, hopefully uh, everyone will get some snippets from that interview. Yeah, Mark Boylan, he is like the guy at the bar who's literally mobbed by would-be suitors, just has to pick. Yeah, I've never known what that's like, Johnny. It's, it must be nice. <laughs> Neither um, yeah, he's, <laughs> we'll get to Don in a moment. From experience. But uh, yeah, I, look, Paul is, I think the, the two guys, Paul and Jack at the minute, they're both of them, it, it's setting up to be a really, really fascinating few months in the Jockeys Championship. They're bringing out the best in each other. To be doing that this early in the season, yeah, it's it's very exciting. And huge weekend, but what a book of rides he has to look forward to, Paul. Just on that, Don, it was fascinating. I think Jack might have gone 19 clear, had a run of like seven wins out of eight or something like that, and then sort of Paul rallied. I think the expectation is that Paul will have the ammunition to go over him, but it was interesting that there was a horse, um, Ian Dunahoo had running in down Royal, where basically Keith Dunahoo seemingly almost gave up the ride to help kind of Jack on his quest. So we're going to have a bit of fun with this. It's it's uh, it's brilliant that it's that it's developing into this matchup. You kind of, you know... Anyway, I, I'm always kind of reluctant to talk about Jack Kennedy in the context of a championship because he's had such bad luck over the last few years. But now he's getting a run at it. He reached his, or he's going to reach his 100 winner, please God. Um, and what, he's 12 clear now. But Paul Townend, he's, his, his last 20 rides, he's won on 14 of them. It's quite incredible, including two at Chelsea, which don't count in the Irish championship. But that's a, that's a 70% strike rate. And yeah, going into the weekend, it's going to be really interesting to have a chat about it because even though Willie Mullins is dominant, it can't have been easy for Paul Tennant choosing between them. You know, there are a few difficult choices that he had, as we saw last year. It's not it's not that straightforward, but no, it's a hell of a weekend ahead. Yeah, I, I think the, the chances are Paul will be on one, will probably get it wrong on one of them because some of the novices are very, very good. And, you know, if you if you look out with the betting with Labrooks this weekend, you'll get exalted odds on horses that are very, very promising for Willie Mullins' yard. And Nicola, what sort of offers are we talking about here? Because this is... Um, this is a weekend that I have to say isn't the easiest for punters. We've a fair few odds on shots and the odd difficult handicap kind of thrown in. Yeah, I mean, listen, I imagine punters will be um, getting involved with multis because there's so many 
uh, short priced favourites. But then you have some tricky races, even, you know, the very first one at 120, the novice hurdle is going to be tricky. But we'll be running a matched free bet up to five euro at Lethbridge Town. So um, anyone who wants to have a fun flutter can do that. We also have the Ladbrokes Live Turbus on site, which will be giving away tickets to the Europa League final. So if you are at the Dublin Racing Festival, you won't oh miss this massive tour bus. Uh, could be Liverpool in the Europa League final as well. It's could be Cox's last game. I was I was in it's Liverpool the week. So... I was in Liverpool over the week, and it's basically like half the people over there seem to be Irish, and and everyone seems to be going to this Europa League Cup final. Yeah, exactly. Well, tickets will be really hard to get, so come over and play and have a chance to to win tickets. The tour bus, you won't miss it. It was actually the tour bus that was used in the Bohemian Rhapsody movie. So uh, a little bit of film knowledge there as well for it. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Well, let's get to the Gold Cup, which is 3.35, a race with only four runners, but an absolute race to save. I'll actually stick with you, Nicola, in terms of the betting for this, because as I mentioned at the start of the show, we have a 2-0 deficit for Galpin Deschamps to kind of overcome. But he was sensational at Christmas. And not only that, Capadano, who was beaten, the guts of 25 links, goes on and wins at Cheltenham Redley at the weekend. Yeah, um, betting here is completely dominated by Galopin Deschamps, another short price favourite at 4-11. to 11. He obviously beat Confladen on Ion Maximus at Christmas, but Faster Slow was a non-runner that day. So it will be interesting uh, here. And of course, Faster Slow is going to be the biggest threat. As you said, he beat Galopin Deschamps in the last twice they've met. So Faster Slow is priced at 3-1, to one, but I really do think revenge will be on the cards for Galopin, who, of course, uh, is just even money right now for the Gold Cup at Cheltenham. Yeah, we might ask Adam, our producer, to show this footage again because, and if you are watching this live, be, uh, by all means, uh, send a comment in. Don, I can't get over this because if you look at Jerry Kalam on the left, fair enough, he's not necessarily proven himself as a 100% Gold Cup contender. But Jack Kennedy said after race, and I'm pretty much paraphrasing here, but he said, we were happy with the run, there were no excuses. Mm. It was quite incredible. Like It was it was a really special performance, Johnny. Um, I actually watched this race from the stands. And mm. as, you're, as you're looking down the home straight from the stand, you can't really tell by how far clear Galloping the Champ is on the run to the last. You can just see his head. But then you kind of, I kind of thought he was maybe three or four lengths clear. Then he jumps the last. And then you're waiting for Jerry Colomb to jump, and it took him a while. But no, what he did there and the atmosphere, and you can see Paul Turner, what it meant to him. He really got a great kick out of it, which is great to see. Like it, was a, it, it created a real buzz around Leopardstown on the day. And look, Galvin Deschamps, it was a sensational performance. He's the Gold Cup winner from last season. He probably, you know, it was good to see him doing something like that because he was beaten in the Punchestown Gold Cup. He was beaten in the John Durkin Chase. So you're kind of, you know, there was that that tr train of thought developing where, you know, maybe he was never going to be the same again after having a hard race in the Gold Cup. But that put that theory to bed. And yeah, look, it was a it was, it was a really special performance. But are the odds fair? Yeah, uh, the, are the odds fair? Um yeah, I had a fast or slow closer to him in the betting. As you said, it's actually it's two one to to fast or slow. Sorry, you did beat him last year. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, last year. But since Punchestown, since April, fast or slow has been very I still think he's slightly underrated. I, I think he hasn't probably fully got the credit that he deserved. And Martin Brazel and Sean Bernardin were trying to take him out of that of the Savos chase. It was a big shout, but um they might just start to reap the rewards of that decision now. Here he is, Mark, winning on his seasonal return. Um, stylish ride by JJ Slevin. It would have fascinated interview with actually Patrick Mullins in the Racing Post over the weekend. And, um, you know, this is over a trip short of both of his best and that of Gallop and Deschamps. Yeah, I think the trip is a big factor in Gallop and here. He never took a cut of his fences either. I was disappointed when he is horse the stays further. They weren't more aggressive on him this day. Um, but, you know, there was a serious turnaround. It was an amazing turnaround, really, from the John Durkin to the Savas. And, you know, you'd wonder whether Willie had to tighten the balls a little bit more than he might have expected that early in the season, I suppose. I wasn't 
so sure we would see Gallup and Deshaun Pierre this weekend. Um, I thought they might go straight there. Uh, but having said that, you know, it's, a, it's, it's his for the taking. How can you leave an Irish goal cup behind you? Um, I, I don't anticipate any upsets. Uh, the only thing I would say, I think conflated shouldn't be probably three or four times the price of fast or slow. Um, he's at least proven in the sort of grade that we know he can turn up in an Irish Gold Cup, can turn up in a Savills and run big. Um, as I mentioned in the show last week, with that angle with Horst who raced down the inside rail at Depperson over Christmas when it turned testing, um, he was one of them and he ran well for a long, long way in, in the Savills. Obviously not in the same league as Gallup and Deschamps, but who is? Um, I'm just I, fast or slow. I feel he's caught Gallup and Deschamps on two days where we haven't seen peak Gallup and Deschamps by any means. Um, and I just thought that I, if there was a betting without angle and I was to get that sort of gap between fast or slow and conflated, I'd nearly be tempted to even go conflated. Yeah, well, there's plenty to take in there. So I'd, I think um, going to the head, I'd, I'd probably go 3-1 to one fast or slow. Because I'd be with Don. I, I still think this horse is actually improving. JJ Slev was on a podcast with us last night for Off the Ball where he basically said, you know, we're not, you know, we're not like it's not all about the Gold Cup this year. This is a Leopardstown uh, Grade One that we want to win. He's trained by genius in Martin Brassel, um, and as well as that, I think he will. And JJ implied he will come on from his season return. Interesting enough, just very briefly as well, Don. You know, gentleman's game could have come here, but Mouse Morris thinks the gap between here and the Gold Cup is actually a little bit shorter than he'd want, ideally, if he had a hard race and he's a horse that's been slightly tricky to train. And Willie Mullins is campaigning of Galloping Deschamps this season. This is his fourth one already. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite fourth one today. Un- un- yes, isn't it? Like to mm. to, to come here because I like Mark. I I kind of wouldn't have been surprised if he'd skipped this because he, you know, he, he, okay, he won well at Christmas, but he had to have had a hard race. You don't put up a performance like that and not have a hard race. I agree with Mark as well on conflated. Um, we saw that you know down the inside at Leperstown, it, it probably wasn't the place to be. Um, and Capadano proved there the other day at Leopardstown or at Cheltenham that um he came on from that run. So conflated, and he loves Leopardstown. The ground is going to be better than it was that day. It won't be a negative going down the inside. And, I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see him stepping forward. But, I, yeah, I, I just think fast or slow is not getting the credit that he deserves. He like he, he, Okay, he ran the handicap at, at Chapman last season, but it was in the ultimate. He was beaten the neck by Korak Rambler, who went and, and won the Grand National doing handsprings afterwards. So um, he won, won the Durkin Chase. And, again, in the John Durkin Chase this season, I thought it was too sharp for him. I, I thought, you know, he, he'd need to be going out and trip. And it's, it's the same for Gallup and Deschamps, obviously, a Chapman Gold Cup winner. But, yeah, and he comes in here fresher than Gallup and Deschamps. I, I can see him putting it up to him. Okay, Nicola's going to give us exclusive Labrox betting on her favourite child, and this will all be revealed at what I'm talking about here, because she did speak to Paul Townend in a lovely place this week. Hopefully a lot of success. Uh, big weekend, a lot of great ones, a lot of prize money, a lot of big names, uh, the start of the clashes, and uh, it's definitely a festival that stands on its own. Um, when horses win at Christmas time, they don't automatically look to Cheltenham. Now they look for Dublin Racing Festival first. Paul, um, you've had a lot of great moments. I'm sure you're starting to lose count, but what's been your greatest moment at this meeting? I think Fahim uh, winning the Novice Chase a couple of years ago. Uh, just the the excitement afterwards, and uh, he was a people's favourite. And you know they they ran for for a place at at the winners enclosure to see him. The noise, the excitement. It was it was it was lovely to be a part of. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. It was just mental. It's definitely got to be up with, up there in terms of like one of the wealth receptions you've received. Definitely, definitely. Uh, Robbie Power was bearing down on us and easy game going to the line. Thankfully, the line came at time. <laughs> and which is the one ride that is exciting you the most this weekend? You've got a lot, but what stands out? Oh, it's like 
you trying to pick your favourite child, Nicola. <laughs> um, Don't do that to the, me. <laughs> you're doing it to me. <laughs> um, the big names, uh, your Galloping the Champs, Dateman's a favourite of mine, uh, El Fabiolo is the exciting two-miler, and then you have a whole host of the novices, so I can't single one out, to be honest, but um, I'm a very, very lucky boy to to have a lot of a lot of big big names uh, turning up this weekend. Do you have a number of winners in your head uh, you'd be happy to come away from the Dublin Racing Festival with? No, I don't try and put numbers on it. Um, I'll try and write as many as I can, try and get a few more decisions uh, right. I uh, got a few wrong here last year. Um, so yeah, just just take it rest by rest. So say a woman that big names were beaten, but then State Man won, Galpin Shaw loses. Do you come away feeling a bit gutted or are you just still happy you had a big win? Um, I suppose last year is, is a prime example of that. I walked out of here after picking the wrong horse in a, in a, in a lot of the races. Um, things hadn't gone right with Fasal Vega, Lossy Mouth. Um, but State Man had won, Gallop and the Shams had won, and I'd won a big handicap on, on Gaelic Warrior. So I had to have a little reality check and go, you know, you you didn't do too bad. You won the, the, the champion hurdle, gold cup and a big handicap. So, you know, you need to have a little reality check now and again. It can be that. good for the ego as well, Paul. Just, just to be taken down a little bit. <laughs> it has to be done in the right way yeah. by the right people. But um, yeah, no, then look, that was it. I, I, like I, do, I had a brilliant festival here last year and I, I still got a lot of them wrong. So it's never nice to pick the wrong one. Though. And it's hard when you have so much to pick from as well. So... I don't envy you. Um, is Salvador Mundi as exciting a prospect as everyone seems to think? Um, yeah, with going through the line of, of Sergino, yeah. Um, he's obviously going to be late coming out in the track. Um, but yeah, he's an, ex an exciting horse. Um, I haven't sat in him a whole lot at home, to tell you the truth. Uh, the juveniles I find hard to, to judge this time of year. Uh, hence why I get it wrong more times than I get it right in them. But, um, yeah, the line of form through Sergino looks very strong. Um, talking about the Irish Gold Cup, um, what are the dangers to Gallop and Deschamps? Obviously, you've got faster snow. He's coming back again, haven't beaten you twice. But, yeah, is that the main threat for you? It looks to be. Um, he's beat us the last twice. Uh, we haven't been beaten far by him. And I think we... We got back on track here at Christmas is, is, is probably a way of putting it. So uh, it'll be a huge clash. And um, Foster Slow probably hasn't been getting the respect he, he deserved after beating us. Uh, probably at the Punchdown Festival, but he's getting it since he beat us in the dark. And so it'll be a huge clash, but I won't swap galloping. And if you could ride just one horse from another stable at the Dublin Racing Festival, what would it be? Um, Marie Nationale probably stands out a little bit. Um, just the way he took to, to chasing. Uh, I've seen his tail plenty last year. Uh, he's a high level of form. So, yeah, he's he's an exciting one from, from a, a different stable. But uh, we'll try to beat him this weekend. So that was Paul Townend. And this being, a, you know, basically a live recording of this show. So we're, what are we now, sort of 10.46 on a Friday morning. Declarations have come in for the Ladbrokes Novice Chase on the Sunday. American Mike, Factophile, found a 50. Gaelic Warrior, who will be ridden by Paul Townend, and Grangeclare West. And this is one of those races where Paul had to make a choice. The interview itself, Nicola, um, he's very relaxed, very humble guy, Paul. Never really, He's never apt to kind of praise himself. Um, and I guess reflecting on that inner 
turmoil at jockeys as well, where like you will have like things will obviously go wrong on big days. Yeah, I mean, he said it himself, you know, he doesn't always get it right. And that can be, you know, that hurts him as well. But, you know, he's a humble guy. And he says, you know, he said to me, it's good. It's good for his ego. It keeps him grounded if he doesn't get them all right as well. What do you make of him, Mark? Actually, he's super cool. Um, I think he's taken his game to another level without being uh, a boisterous character as the number one rider. He goes about it his own way, but I think he has really stepped up to the role. Even in the last two seasons, I can see improvement in him. Um, this is the thing with riders. I often think, you know, when guys are good, young, um, and Paul is still a young man, but, you know, it's not. We didn't see the best of Ryan Moore 10 years ago. We didn't get to see the very best of some of those guys that have made the top at that stage when Paul has been so good from so young. You never know where the season will be. I just think his coolness, he's on the best horse inevitably a lot of the time, but his coolness and judgment... Um, that's what sets him apart for me. He's, and he's excellent to watch over a fence as well. You, you rarely see him asking one for a silly one. I, I enjoy to watch, really. Just as well, Don, he was talking about like the, the buzz he got from Faheen and the difference a crowd and atmosphere makes at these meetings, I, I think it's quite unquantifiable. And you were obviously saying you watched uh, Gallopin from the stands the last day. We, it helps when people get energised by it all. Ah, yeah. <clears throat> no, it is. It's, it's, a, it's a hell of an occasion. And Paul Tan, and I like it, you know, as I said there to Nicola, he got a few decisions wrong last year, but he never seems to be phased by that. And you know, I know he's he's in the, the he's in the prime job now, but he's be, he's been deputy for that prime job for a long time, and he proved even when, when Ruby was out that he was well able for. It. Remember, he rode Hurricane Fly in the Royal Bond Hurdle as a youngster. I think Ruby was out with his spleen that time, and it was his first Grade One ride. And you know, he just even from that day. And Willie Mullins has always said. When Ruby's out, he was always, you know, he, he never had any doubts in his ability and Paul Tennant's confidence. It never seems to be eroded. Like he's had a few, like remember that at Punchestown famously when Albin Foda ran out and he came back the next day, I think he wrote a treble the next day. Mm. Like he just, he's just unflappable. And like last season, if like the, the rider gave Gallagher the shot in the Gold Cup, phenomenal on the biggest stage. And it would have been right of the year, except for Ia Maximus in the Irish Grand National, which was even better. You know, mm. he's just, he, he's just, like especially when you're in that position and riding the best horses in lots of races lots of the best races you want that as mark said that kind of coolness unflappability and he has all of that now he's 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 deadly yeah and i mentioned uh the the entry with a uh, jj slevin um in the racing post it was a nice interview with um michael sullivan as well who's going to ride and um, the marine national i go to you mark and uh, you know this is what what are we the, the irish arc 225 this is the horse i'm actually most looking forward to running the entire weekend utterly blown away by his performance on his chase debut and different ground into the bargain in this grade one. Yeah, me too, Johnny. He was really, really brilliant over Christmas. And another factor in it as well, from a time perspective, uh, I thought watching the grade one half an hour later, one by Dino Blue, I thought visually looking at the gentleman to me was doing his thing going hard in front. When you actually look at the section of times, this guy through the first mile and a half, mile and five, has gone quicker than the gentleman to me and he's still been quicker through the last half mile as well it was on the clock it was proper but the way he's putting away I know farm footings isn't absolutely top drawer but uh, you'd love how he stretched they felt he was going to come on for the run um, that is a proper insight because yeah, I have to admit I, lay, I laid him on the day thinking the ground was against him and I was very happy for the first half mile yeah, no, I couldn't argue with you I couldn't argue with you he, he just has so much class and I think he's versatile as well you know they can go out and Go no answers from the from the front if they want to. They can do what they did in the Supreme last year and be cool and call, call and run late. But uh, it'll be interesting one tactically with 
such a strong Mullins presence around him as to how they played this race. They did try and ruffle his feathers a little bit last time, but um, cool rider, cool horse. Uh, I, I can't see him beating. And I think, you know, he's one of those for me. If you were looking for your multiples, I, I just can't look aside from him. I do think Facile Vega last time, um, maybe there were other reasons for it, but I felt the way the race unfolded, where found a 50 is consistently jumping out to his right. And for so long, it felt like Facile Vega was been impeded fence after fence after fence. I would love to see him either go on out in front of him. You know, if you're on a, in a motorway and, a, and three lanes, the guy in the middle keeps coming out to you, you know, you're, you're eventually going to switch course. But I felt he took a lot of heat to horses for that. And uh, he is a keen horse. He's not easy, I'm sure, in a lot of ways too. So I'm not trying to be overly hard, but I just don't think the race, you got to see the best of him. But when we see, saw these two horses, you know, go toe-to-toe in March, Marine National was the best of them. And I still think that's going to be the way over fences, given how Marine National has taken the jump on. Yeah, we'll, we'll actually look at some VT from that race at Leopardstown. And, you know, often the case here is the, the victor doesn't actually get that much um, of the credit because it was all about the one-to-two shot that was beaten in the sense of Fasal Vega. Not for the first time, maybe a small bit disappointed. This performance, Don, it did raise question marks. Yeah, I guess like it's interesting that um, Fasal Vega is, is a shorter price than Fanta 50 now, even though he's he's been beaten well, over six lengths by him. Um, we're being very yes. favourable to me. We're actually showing him winning uh, previously he's over been, fences, but here we in, go. In the pocket here, yeah. Mm. No, that was a good performance. Like in the pocket, obviously very pity that he's out for the season. That was a really good performance. He had Spillane's Tower back behind him in fourth place that day as well. And Spillane's Tower has come on and enhanced that form since. So, look, he's a, he's a very, very good horse. I agree with Mark. He didn't have the run of the race the last day. It was a kind of a messy race and Fender 50 was jumping to his right, right, annoying him. And even so, he still got to the front and looked a likely winner before he actually ended up finishing fourth or four in the end. So, you give him another chance. Final 50 is a good horse. Um, maybe pro- another horse that probably didn't get due recognition for that win the last day because the headlines were all about Fasal Vega's defeat. But no, Marie Nacional, he's he's just um, he's just brilliant. Like Barry Connell said before, his chasing bow that he was his schooling over fences was 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 as good as he could have hoped for. That he could be a better chaser than Hurdler and what he did that day. And as Mark said, the time of the race was faster than Dinah Blue and Gentleman de May set a good pace. So that was, a, you know, there was no, it wasn't down to the pace, a lack of pace in the grade one race that hurt the time. It was Marina saying that was so good. And as you saw there in the VT, he probably could have gone a whole lot faster than he did in the end. So he's just such an exciting horse. You're kind of, you know, you're, you're, you're wanting him to go and, 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 do, do the things that he's capable of doing. You want to see these top-class horses going ahead. It wasn't fairly intriguing during the week when, when he said that Gaelic Warrior could take him on. I was going on. to ask you about that. What do you make of it? Yeah, no, that, like, I'd have been I'd have been with Marine Nacional even against Gaelic Warrior, especially going left-handed. We're not going to get to see that, which is a shame. But look, he's got Fasal Vega and Fanta 50. They're very, very good horses to take on. Even Neil Eteton, like he, he was good at, at third as his jumping was good. Um, and he was a very, very high-class novice hurdler last season but if marine nacional even even a similar performance to the performance that he put up in his beginner's chase that that could even be good enough to win what are the odds nickel i think the lads have explained it very well here I, i don't see any negative in this lad and i also thought the way he was ridden perhaps a little bit by uh more by accident than design the way the race panned over michael sullivan meant that this this lad can be ridden anyway really yeah, Marine National will be very tough to beat. That's reflected in the prices. Two to five will be very popular in the multis on the day. Uh, but interestingly, there has been money for Facil Vega throughout the week. Um, he's in there at seven to two. As we know, he hasn't had as many big days as they would have liked. Um, Marine National beat him in the Supreme, but 
you know, talking to Paul Townend, he said he hasn't lost the faith yet, but I won't be looking past the favourite here. Although we should mention Founder 50, he shouldn't be forgotten here, and he's in there at 8-1. to one. Yeah, Fasad Vega has been favourite every time he's run. He's been sent off odds on nine times, and he was available at 12, 14 to 1, I think, during the week, um, with the sort of news that Gaelic Warrior might run. Probably going to go off closer to 4 to 1 on the day. The juvenile hurdle at 150. Possibly the most thought provoking race of the day, Mark, in some respects. Uh, there are so many proper, proper um, potential triumph hurdle winners here. Nicola, actually, I must must throw this in at you. Nice little bit of prep there on the um, the horse that was behind Sergino's. Uh, you're doing your homework for uh, the interview with him there. Yeah, I always do my homework. Why are you surprised, Johnny? <laughs> well, it was like, I think, who is he? 2025 for the triumph. We haven't seen him yet. Yeah, yeah, um, that is correct. Yeah, well, Mark, we're obviously not going to see the, the, um, <clears throat> the Mullins horse, but he has plenty in the race, including Storm Hart. Very interestingly bred horse, this fella as well, for Jiggenstown. And the form the last day has actually been nicely endorsed by the third during the week as well, when the handicap, this lad looks sensational. He looks very good, Johnny, but I just struggle at this time of year to, especially when we're dealing with a lot of horses here who've just had one run in Ireland over hurdles, I find it difficult to be really emphatic that one is this far clear of the rest, and this was really impressive. Uh, but I just, uh, Paul Townend even alluded to himself in the interview that getting a handle on these juveniles this early in the year is not straightforward. I, I think Willie has a really strong hand here, obviously, and I, I really like Carjess at Christmas. I love that run behind Cala Conti. I expect Carjess to turn it around with her this time for all the Cala Conti is still going the right way. But even this horse is Eric Majibra, who we were down for a stable to earlier in the year. Um, he was one of the juveniles that was got really, really favourable, I suppose, uh, mentioned from Willie uh, to the press that morning. There's a lot of horses here who have had one win, one run. High wind is another there, bunting. There's there's so many here. Ethical Diamond, Willie had said coming into this season, he felt that was going to be his best juvenile. So I think for Paul, of all the calls he has to make this weekend, this is the hardest one. And I think the market has priced it up as if Storm Hart is absolutely away and gone as the best of these. I doubt they have a proper handle on which is the best. I'm sure they have a good gauge, but I mean, if you said which of these are you most certain of, I think this is the grade one that he'll have had most headaches over trying to decide, I'd imagine, because there is such a chance for these juveniles to improve at different rates. For me, if there was market positivity with uh, Majbra on his first start for, for Willie, having come from France with a big reputation, he's the one I'd be very interested in. But Carges is the one that I can see definitely improve. She's so keen, so hard on herself. I thought it was a massive run on the circumstances last time. And, I know Sergino sets a huge standard uh, in this division, Johnny, but like in terms of Irish horses, I wouldn't be shocked if we had a serious bullet to come out of this race and fire at the Triumph. You know, the first 10 home in the Triumph last year were all trained in Ireland. The Boodles, we had the first, second, third, fourth, sixth, seventh. You know, I, I just I think there is definitely depth to come here if we're able to have anything like a crop we had last season. Brilliantly put, um, Mark. And Don, you could actually fancy any of the six Willie Mullins uh, runners alone. You know, Mark mentioned Ethical Diamond. I completely forgive this horse to last. He was sent off six to five in a 19-runner race. Ground was unraceable, having achieved a race most rating of 96 from winning at Limerick on yielding ground for um, a smaller yard switch Willie Mullins. Um, where do you start here? Yeah, um, it's a hell of a race. It's a hell of a race. And there's so little evidence to go on. Like, Paul Tannen can only ride one horse in the race. Good rider though he is. He can still only ride one of them. And, you know, the, the market does tend to, and, you know, Marjorie, that's Mark, he's Mark Walsh's ride. So the market does tend to react. And we, we don't know the degree to which Stormheart was above the others in Paul Tannen's mind. We, we only get the answer that he's, ri he's riding him. We don't know by how much he favours him. And I, you know, fully agree with Mark on, on, Yes, she. I think we're gonna we, we have a wee bit of VT on it, but she was very good mm. the last day. That was her first run as well. Look, Calaconti, 
she did well when Nuremberg Ring beat her at Carrie in the grade three race. Yeah, like we, we picked this up here. Like Calaconti, she's done well because she's been up there handy from early. Carjess, we, we didn't see her through the early part of the race. She's just so keen through the early part of the race. She's, she's done really, really well to be still there and battle on as well as she did. She just holds on for the runner-up spot from Nuremberg Ring, who's he's won a big race as well. And you can see how far the three of them are clear. But Calaconti, like she took a nice step forward in that race from her run at the at the Hatton's Grace Hurdle meeting at Ferry House. And she she just she she did it well. She was strong. There was a lot to like about that performance. But Carjas, that was her first run in Ireland. It was her first run since last May. First run for Willie Mullins. So and the fact that she was keen early on. So so all of that you'd you'd expect that Carjas will step forward at least a little bit from that run. And yeah, I can see her being backed and being a wee bit shorter than than she is. But it's it's a it's a really strong race. This it historically is. It's a very, very good pointer to the Triumph Hurdle as well. And it's not just the winners who can go on and win a Triumph Hurdle. The beaten horses can do that too. We know that. And yeah, look, Sergina looked brilliant the other day. But the Irish juveniles—they look very, very strong. And there's a there's a strong pool of them for all that we don't have a huge amount of evidence. But this this race—it's an intriguing race. I'm, I'm dying to see this race pan out to see to see who comes out on top. Yeah, and uh, sorry, the horse that Nicola mentioned who was behind Sergina at Otoy was Salvador Mundi. And of course, um, the Donnellys now have both of them. But as, as Don says, this Nicola is kind of a, a very good triumph hurdle trial. I actually think it's a very good Fred Winter trial as well, because I think a lot of these horses will emerge with huge credit. And when we talked about a preview nights so in the also rants here with a view to the handicap. Yeah, um, this is a really tough race. And I know what you said, Paul, when he was talking to me, he said it was the hardest decision. You're right, Mark. That he had to make over the two days um with Mullins having six others in the race but I do think he deserves to be favorite we have him in there Johnny at six to four he was really impressive when he won his maiden you would perhaps question his experience compared to some of the others as you said we just seen Calaconti and Carjess at Christmas there was very little between them six and seven to one respectively um the horse I actually really like in this race is High Wind and I've put that up as my each way nap of the day, he was, I thought he was really good when winning uh, a maiden under Sean O'Keefe at Punchestown. He did make a bad mistake at the last, but he recovered well. And I think he can sharpen that up. And I think at 10 to 1, he represents a little bit of value. But the bus horse in this race, the one that's coming for money the last couple of days, is Madbra. Uh, and it's 5 to 1 right now. But that seems to be gathering a lot of momentum in the betting and could go up a good bit shorter. Yeah, wait, he running six in it. All of them very, very promising. We'll have a look briefly now at the uh, handicap hurl, which is at the three o'clock. A couple of horses here. Um, Panda Boy is obviously one we're going to give a mention to. He's one of um, the JJ Slevin, um, Martin Brassel access, who could be quite well in um, in terms of his chase win. And he's he's obviously an interesting runner, Don, for all that. I'd always be wary of these horses going off lower hurdles, marks just based on the fact that it doesn't work out a lot of the time. Yeah, look, he's he's what is he nine pounds lower over hurdles? So it's an interesting interesting project for Martin Brazel. It's a good spot. Interesting to see him over hurdles. We know that he goes really well at Leperstown. He does like the track, um, but I, I kind of find that unless there's a reason for it, that like the market does tend to factor that in the fact that he is well mm-hmm. in over hurdles compared to his chase mark. But look, you know, they, they work out in different ways. But in my view, there's there's a reason why horses have different marks over hurdles and over fences. This the is red the red hat here. The, yeah, the the Paddy Power Chase at the Christmas Festival and like Meeting of the Waters has run out a really impressive winner, but he's stayed on well and it's a race in which he's run well in the past as well. He finished third in the race last year. He's just unlucky to bump into one, so it was a really good run um, on soft ground. The ground will probably be a wee bit better 
than it was then. But he's look, he's, he's a really talented horse, and he's he's a player in the race as well. But it's a it's a deep deep race. Like fine margin was so good at Haydock the last day, and then there are others. I know a couple of people fancy horses in the race further down Canal End and Nine Graces as well. But yeah, it's a it's a deep race. Yeah, we, we, we look very briefly at fine margin here. I have to say, this was one of the most bizarre betting markets I've seen in a long time because fine margin was making the switch to the Willie Mullins yard. was sent off 22 to 1 despite the stable switch. Usually it goes completely the other way. Took on an Emmett Mullins trained horse. It was actually quite ill-fated. Uh, Slate Lane got injured after the race. Slate Lane went off favourite. Um, and as Don says, Mark, I mean, he didn't win, but he did everything bar win fine margin here. Yeah, I, I couldn't get over the market either, Johnny. It was a point I was going to make on this horse. It, it was completely the opposite of what I would have expected. Um, but clearly has ability, looks to be going the right way. Um, and I think in these type of handicaps, that's what you 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 need necessarily. You know, you're going to... It is competitive. I like Panda Boy too, but I do think ground-wise, we didn't see the best of him at Christmas. I think he is a horse that excels when he gets a little bit of better ground. That's going to play to his strengths, but... Um, for me, Canal End is the one, Johnny. I, I had him in my notebook from a long way out for this race. Um, he was really, really well backed when he uh, was disappointing to an extent at Navan last time. But uh, I was there on the day at Navan, Johnny, and it's as windy a race course as I've ever been. I remember we opened the press room door and the panels of the ceiling started to rattle. They were uh, mm. bypassing hurdles uh, on the day. It was a day when to be handy was the right way to be. Um, for this horse, I'm, I'm a little forgiving. I think. A lot, there's such strong market support behind him on the day too uh, that you have to say that a lot of the time even if it isn't right on that one day I think with these type of connections inevitably it will be right at some stage that he is well handicapped uh, and I thought there were positives to take from their own in the circumstance we saw him winning there at Fairy House last season um, that was a nice performance too uh, I'd just be disappointed if he isn't better than his mark and this weekend as well for JP McManus I think the team of the last three Dublin racing festivals for me is just how dangerous he is in these handicaps you know last season we saw Ballybon Belter Percival Galois, I think in this race uh, he's won with a wave of the sea in Birchdale a year earlier again a wave of the sea dropped the anchor off you go has won three times in this meeting you know uh, the handicaps are a real angle where I think you know for JP he has some really really interesting horses to run this weekend and Canale. I think the other horse he runs the race, Parky Kings and the bottom is interesting too. Uh, Connor Stone Walsh claiming off him, he has nothing on his back, but just Canale, I think, is the one that could really be better than Mark. Yeah, we're going to go to the naps now, and I won't go back to Mark, because Mark and I have the same nap here, Canale, and I actually, I, I, I thought he ran very well at Nav in the last, did very, very testing grounds, and uh, as Mark said, it was really windy, lacked a bit of experience, stepping up three miles, it's never a certainty with a walk in the park or so three miles a suit, but um, for me, it, it looked like it did on the day. Don, let's get your nap, as I mentioned, Mark, and I are both going with Canale, and what's yours, Don? Yeah, I like Nine Graces, Johnny. Um, I think she's a progressive horse, I thought she ran really well in the, the Pretemps qualifier, over Christmas when she kept on well. She was beaten three parts of a length by Gay Cool. And Gay Cool, she's got a chance in the race as well. Like she's so progressive. She got a six pounds hike. Gay Cool did nine graces, got a three pounds hike. But I think more than that, nine graces is is she's more likely raced than Gay Cool. I think she can progress again. I think the better ground will help her as well. Barry Connell's horses are in tremendous form. He had two winners there during the week. He'd shoot the blues run well at Ferry House there on Saturday as well. And again, like Barry Connell, we know he loves to have winners at, at, at Leperstown and, and at this meeting, I suppose, in, in common with everybody. But nine graces, I just think that she she's rated 128. I think she can be better than that mark. Uh, she stays well. And, I, yeah, I can see her taking a good step forward from, from the last day. Like she ran really well at Ferrius and at the Hatton's Grace Hurdle meeting on her debut this season. She shaped like a, a mare who would come on for that run, her, her seasonal debut. She did progress the last day, and I can see her progressing again. There's a straight forecast for the 3 o'clock. Nick, are you going to give us a tricast in the 3 o'clock? What's your nap? 
Um, I was really torn actually. The 120, I was looking at Jatari against the seven pound mares allowance against the lads. He's got loads of experience for Jessica Harrington's yard um, and plenty of money actually for Jatari as well. And we're looking to lay Predator's Gold. But I wanted to go for a bit of value. I've already mentioned it. I'm going to go for the Mount of Rachel Blackmore High Wind. Uh, as I said, he was really good in winning a maiden hurdle, uh, a maiden under, sorry, uh, Sean will keep it punches town. Uh, that's the 150. So I'm going to go as high wind as my each way now. Lovely stuff. So we have uh, gotten through day one. And as I've mentioned just earlier on the show, the declarations have sort of been uh, gradually coming in for day two. And we have them all here. And uh, without further ado, let, is, let us get on to day two of the Dublin Racing Festival. So you're very welcome back and thanks to all of you uh, for watching uh, live and there's no better place to start here than the Labrox Novice Chase. As I mentioned, we didn't know what the declarations were. I was a bit fearful in this race. I'll start with you here, Mark. I was a bit fearful that, um, I mean, Grange Clare West Gaelic Warrior, I thought they might be kept apart. Um, fact, a file thrown into the mix as well for Willie Mullins. And it, it just goes to show the value of this festival because, you know, there's none of this nonsense saving horses for Cheltenham. They're running three very, very good novices against each other here. Look at this, this is what Willie Mullins said he was going to. He didn't say Gaelic Warrior was coming here, but he's promises all the time at the Dublin Racing Festival that he is going to run his better ones against each other. He's doing the same in the Champion Hurdle with Imperia Pass and State, man. You know, and, and hats off to him here for pulling the trigger and letting three of them have a go here, who are, in my eyes, absolute out and out grade one horses. Um, Factifile is the one I, I've really, really had so much time for. I think when you look at these horses, he's the one here that he is. I think if you're here, he is bolting up and blowing Zanny here out of the water at Christmas. Um, I thought it was a smashing performance. Nice step forward from when he was beaten by American Mike at Nav, and I thought under more positive tactics, maybe he might even have won that day. But, you know, you just get the impression the whole way through that this horse is the apple of Willie Mullins' eye. Um, you know, even the, to go this step, to go from bumper straight chasing, um, I was actually doing a piece on Willie Mullins' best Cheltenham uh, performances of all time uh, in the past week, and I was watching back Florida Pearl, He's one of the only ones I can remember having gone from uh, in, in this type of mold, let's say, to go from champion bumper one season to grade one chase in the next. So, um, you know, he's this horse, I, I think he's got the world at his feet. Now, Gaelic Warrior is the dimension in here. It's just, it's not one I was factoring for at the start of the week, unfortunately, Johnny, but it's brilliant for the race that we have him. Um, going right Let's have a look at him. I, I don't know if you, I don't know if you saw here. this race, Mark. There was a bit of controversy. <laughs> was there, Johnny? I can't remember. Was there? It doesn't, doesn't ring a bell. Uh, but yeah, he does jump to the right. Look at this. Day. As Don mentioned, he does jump to the right. And, you know, you look at his two defeats for Willie Mullins. Both of them have come left-handed. Now, he did win here at this meeting last year in a handicap hurdle. This is very different. The only thing I would say is this chase track at Leperstown, if they do decide to race wide, perhaps it won't be as big of an inconvenience to go jumping right as it might be. Otherwise, we do see sometimes, particularly over Christmas, a lot of Paul Towns rides. He wanted to stay wide throughout Um Maybe it'll be similar again here with this guy, you'd have to imagine. But I think Grange Clare West is the one that has to step up, let's say. I think what he achieved at Christmas was good. But I, for all that he is the grade one winner, Gaelic Warriors a great winner here too. But for all that grade, Grange Clare West maybe has the most accomplished CV this season, I think that the other two are naturally more talented. I think their body of work over their career of Gaelic Warrior is stronger. But Factifile is the one, you know, I just think he is potentially sky high. Um, he, he's the one for me, but it's just fascinating. And if there is actually the catch back to file out, I think it'll be the zippiness, the sharpness, the enthusiasm of a, a Gaelic warrior if they can keep him harnessed all going left-handed. It's, it's just fascinating. It's the race of the weekend for me. 
Yeah, no, um, Mark probably we can give a mention to miss that as well. It was the exact same profile, the same colours yeah. as Florida Part who went straight yes. from bumpers to defences. Um, Don, you were you were smiling at that footage from Limerick. Kind of reminded me of when we played Astro together and I didn't chase back. I was Danny Mullins <laughs> and you were Patrick. <laughs> no, I, I think you were the one pointing the finger at me, Johnny. Give, giving that to me, for giving that to you. <laughs> he does jump to his right, but the argument is this is not Leopards. This is not Cheltenham. It's Leopardstown, and there is yeah. a bit of a difference. That's exactly it, exactly it. Like at, at Cheltenham, you jump the fence, you turn left, you jump another fence, you turn left. If you're jumping to your right, you're giving away a grand all the time. At Leopardstown, you have that those six fences down the back straight that Paul Carberry used to always talk about how he loved lining up at the bottom of the back straight and jumping and seeing those fences in a line in front of him. Then you turn and you run straight up the up the home straight and then you've got you, you you go down the side of the track. So it's not it's not as big a disadvantage. And as Mark said, remember an Ergamine jumping to his right and uh it on soft ground it wasn't a massive disadvantage because they were going around the outside it does depend on the degree to which they go towards the outside like the ground is drying up all the time so it's going to be really interesting to see what the ground is actually like on the days but i suspect they might not go so far wide the ground might that it, it probably won't be as soft as it was at christmas and it may be that they won't go that wide and look Gilligore, he's he does jump to his right. He jumped hurdles to his right. His, his two chases have been at right-handed tracks. And even even on a right-handed track, you can see him going to his right. So it's a factor for sure. Um, and yeah, factor five is another factor. Like he, he's, he's very, very good. Mark covered it all there. He, he, he did so well. Um, and when he was beaten by American Mike at Navin, that was at a time of the year at which the Willie Mullins horses were just kind of coming forward, weren't they? They were just kind of mm. maybe needing their first run, which is often the way at that time of year. But he, he showed the last day at Leopardstown that beginner's chase how good he was. He beats Anna here pointless. Manella Kakuna, who was beaten 40 lengths, came out and was impressive in winning his beginner's chase there last week. So it's 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 it, they're all positives for factor file. Um and yeah, I I I can see him putting it up to Gaelic Warrior and then factor in the Gaelic Warrior kind of tendency to go to his right. I think factor file could be the one here. Patrick, Patrick Mullins is riding Grange Clare West, so I, I wonder where he'll go on when they jump to when they jump to last and fall down and it's gonna um potentially go one way. Will Patrick go left or right? So we're gonna have lots of fun here. Nicola, we don't have odds in this, um, but we, we're gonna have a fascinating betting race. I don't envy your odds compilers here, but maybe we'll get you on the big one, the clash of Imperial Passé and State Man and Bob Ollinger in uh, the Irish Champion Hurdle. Yeah, um, as I said, listen, we'll probably slightly favour Gaelic Warrior going into this, but it's going to be really close. And I'm a fact of filing. I'd say Grange Clare West will be around the five to one mark, but the traders are currently uh, bashing out the prices right now. So um, we might get them before the end of the show. But yeah, we have a lot of short price favourites coming up as well in the likes of Stateman of El Fabiolo as well. What do you want to talk about first? Yeah, we don't have odds of the state man yet, but this, um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to see this form being reversed. Is it? I was at, at the preview night, was that last night? Somebody in the audience made the point, will they ride in Perry Passway a bit differently because he stays so far? But I'm not sure to make any odds myself. Listen, state man, it just wins as far as we're concerned. Possibly the shortest price of the two days, around one to four. He just keeps on winning. Uh, he's superior to in Perry Pass. He was a Christmas, um, I'd say in Perry Pass, it's going to be around seven to two mark. Um, I can't see him catching up. Bob Ollinger seems to be back to himself. Uh, and warrants respect. Um, now I haven't seen the deck, so but um, I think it's going to be uh, pretty straightforward this race. It was straightforward here, Mark. Um, you know, if you're Michael Buckley and Nicky Henderson, like, what are you doing? Come over, have a jolly in Leopardstown for the weekend. Pick up over a hundred grand. Give us a bit of crack. You're going to Leopardstown after barely getting out of your. Um, out of bed one day for a win that one to ten. I don't know. Like, where is where is the 
where is the proper campaigning of this horse? John Ox ran See the Stars in six group ones as a three-year-old, ran in different ground, different trips, different countries, different everything, and Constitution Hill is being treated like, I don't know, like some sort of a prince or a princess that you just can't like. It, it does annoy me, actually. Yeah, we look at it as I said to someone recently, you know, if you thought the darts had Luke Littler and you'd only get to see him two or three times a year, I think, you know, the <laughs> that, sport it's, that's a hell of an analogy now. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, obviously they're different, maybe different athletes, but I, 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 different sports. But to me, it, it is disappointing. And I think there is such a lack of depth to the two mile division. It's something I've written about in the Irish field this weekend. It, it just it is a shame not to see him here. But uh, in the same breath, you know, I think this race is fascinating in its own right without him because tactically... How much more does he have in hand here, Stateman, if I, if I ask you? Does he have much more in hand than his visual impression here? Well, I think on this occasion he does, but the vibe seems to be that Imperia Pass has improved. Now, I don't think he'd okay. improve enough to beat Stateman, but they, they do seem to think that he has improved. But I think if they replicate the same tactics again, how can the result be any different? You know, I, I thought in a horse that says 2-4, 2-5, it was a bit curious to sit back and you know, maybe trying out quick in a horse who is consistently showing at two miles that he's the best around with the exception of Constitution Hill. Um, I'd like to see them try something a bit more forward. But then if you do get over aggressive, does that bring in Bob Ollinger into the race from a point of view that he is better at two and a half? That's probably his best trip. But his ace card is still speed, you know. So I, I, look, at, I'm not getting carried away with what I've seen from Bob Ollinger here in terms of bare form. I know Marie's Rock has gone on in one since. I don't think it was the same Marie's Rock as we saw here. You know, and I thought even pace at a rate it was just messy i think it's a speed that wins it for him you can even see him he, he holds his head slightly awkwardly i think this horse uh, bob Ollinger still um i'm just i'm, I'm jury still out slightly as to whether he is absolutely you know in the same league as state man but i think if this did turn into an emphasis on speed as opposed to let's say ripping the guts out of him with a real end to end gallop he could it, it could get look very interesting three that three down two down you know um, Stateman's never overly flashy, never really wins by huge margins. This guy is a flashy traveller. Uh, I'm just so glad that Bob Ollinger is here to bring spice to it. I'm, if you'd said gun to head, Stateman is, is, is still where I'd like to have me, me free bet from Ladbrooks. But I think Bob Ollinger is going to make it spicy. Okay, Don, talk to me. Bob Ollinger, for, for a horse that's actually been knocked a little bit, he, run the po- he went one point to point, he won, one bumper, he won. Four chases, won three. Nine hurdle races, won five. And the last day at Cheltenham, he, um, yeah, he did kind of exercise some of the demons, I suppose. Yeah, it was good to see that, Johnny. Um, I, I think his kind of his his about turn was in the Lismullen hurdle when he travelled really well for Rachel. Came there looking like he was going to win it. Then Zana here challenged him, and Rachel had to get after him. And that, that was a point in his career, I think, that was fairly defining. And he picked up, he went on, he went to the line strongly, won well on heavy ground over two and a half miles. And then at Cheltenham on New Year's Day, like it, it was, I thought he, it was a super performance. He, he showed that pace that we that we know he has, that he that he used when he won a Ballymore. He quickened away from Marie's Rock. He did he did everything that he could have done there. He is, he's dropping back in trip to two miles. Suspect the entry hurdle, that's been mentioned as his kind of goal. So they're maybe taking the entry hurdle as a goal and working back from there. But it's great that he's in here. Um, and look, tactics are going to be fascinating here. So what are they going to do? Like, they can't do what they did at Punchestown when they just allowed Paul Town and the solo up front and state, man. He's, he's such a straightforward horse. He can do it from anywhere. He can he can sit in front. He can sit behind and quicken. And it would be really interesting if a pair of pass does go on. Um, I'd say Rachel will sit in behind a Bob Ollinger and then Echoes and Rain, she'll sit in behind as well. So it's going to it's going to need that. Maybe a few Sudaries could go on. Um, but you're... Hopefully we're going to get a pace here, whether it's 
whether it's Feast of Darius going on or in Parry Pass trying something different. But I thought it was telling as well after the Matheson hurdle when Gary said to Willie in his post-race interview, can you see in Parry Pass beating State Man kind of ever? And Willie just kind of went, no. <laughs> it was surreal. It was surreal. Like he thought about it. He went, no, not really. So, yeah, it's hard to see it, isn't it? Um, this is going to be an absolute belter. Just a couple of comments coming in as well. Um we had one in reference to Garrett Son was asking about Gaelic In fact, I think the lads uh, have answered that quite well. I, I find that a hard race to call. And Trevor Clark is complimenting Mark on his look. So all the comments are coming in. And keep those comments coming in, uh, be they as wide the mark or, or otherwise as that one. So let's move on to uh, El Fabiolo, who doesn't uh, take on John Bond here. But to be fair to Nicky Henderson, I think John Bond's been fairly aggressively enough campaign. Blotted his copybook a bit at Cheltenham at the weekend. Um, Mark, that would that is a race to look forward to. But I guess if you have any doubts about who's in the ascendant, between that pair and uh, maybe the, the last weekend would have put you back into, El Fabi- in, into the El Fabiolo uh, territory and um, this lad just doesn't do anything wrong does he? Yeah no listen he's he's inclined to throw in the odd wobbler in the odd mistake. Jumping error at times but he's he, he is he's just so so talented and in terms of the, one of the most impressive physical horses you'll see this weekend at Leperstown I just love getting the chance to see him in the flesh I think he's, he's an absolute beast um, and this day even Paul Town we see the the Perils that can come when you uh, pick wrong. Uh, he went and appreciated here, if memory serves me right, back in third. And Daryl Jacob got to, to partner El Fabio on this occasion. It just goes to show you that, you know, if they can improve at different rates, this fellow was very much in the ascendancy last season, the Irish Arkle. And look, I think he's the best around. I can't see a reason why he would be upset. I suppose if you were to flag something, it would be that occasionally you would find maybe when, personally anyway, when you see grade ones delayed, and I've spoken to other people about this as well at times, or when you have a target, let's say, that moves, haven't tried to peak for it, maybe you don't get the very peak performance occasionally. We've seen last week with John Bond, that wasn't the best of John Bond a week afterwards. We've seen with the Lawlers and Ace, reading Tommy Wrong, upset Sid Atlantique. You know, it, it can happen from time to time, but I think this guy is so much in hand of them. And if there is a way into the race, I actually think, gentlemen, to me, might get closer to Dino Blue than some people are reckoning. Um, I think for a first round of the season for a gentleman to me, uh, he's never at his best early in the year. He's better in the spring. Uh, I thought it was a perfectly satisfactory run. He caused an upset in this race last year. Um, I just to be interested to see the betting without. If there was any juice in his price, uh, I'd be intrigued to have a look at him because Captain Guinness blotted his copy of Christmas, not for 12 in grade ones. Um, he just doesn't quite do it for me. Um, he has lots of ability to see in the champion chase last year, but I think he might help your your gentleman to me price in the betting without market. Briefly done. Yeah, look, looking forward to seeing Al Fabiolo again. I wouldn't, I wouldn't disregard Captain Guinness. He had, a, he, had he was clinically abnormal after the last day. He had his, 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 his a fibrillating heart he has, which he had at Tipperary last uh, the season before last. So, like, I think the two mile one furlong trip just stretches him maybe beyond his limit at Leopardstown. So that would be more concern. But I think he can. He's probably going to be underrated on the back of a disappointing run the last day. But you can just put a line through that run. Um, I agree with gentlemen the way Mark on him. He, he, he that was his first run of the season. The ground will probably be better. That'll probably suit him better. He was really good in winning this race last season, albeit he didn't have El Fabiola to take on. And Dino Blue came into the race the last day with race fitness on her side. So I can see gentlemen the mate running well at a track that he likes. And the more the ground dries out, the more it'll help him. And Nicola, this is probably one of these races where if you do get the favourite beat, it's a massive help in terms of Akka's being beaten and all of that for the firm. Yeah, we'll really be hoping that one of the shorties can do us a favour and get turned over. But I'm pretty sure in, in this race, um, I'll probably be handing the trophy over to El Fabiolo's connections. Um, one of the short ones again, two to seven. 
And obviously, Ascot's losses are a gain here. He, he deserves to be this short. Obviously, as I said, we're going to be hoping for upsets. I don't see that here, but, you know, Dino Blue deserves respect. She's an improving mayor, and um, it'll be interesting to see on the day if we, if we get, you know, people will want to oppose these short price favourites as well. So it'll be interesting to see where the money goes. Yeah, we are running out of time. And as Nicholas says, we've, and, and Don talked with Captain Guinness here, wasn't right the last year on very, very testing ground. We have good horses taking on El Fabiola here. You shouldn't underestimate. He has a decent challenge on, even without John Mon. We're, we're running out of time, as I said, so we don't really have time to go through a fascinating um, novice hurdle in which, uh, just to again update, Patrick Mullins gets the ride on Daddy Longlegs, who I think the last day basically couldn't walk on that ground. But Ballyburn, very promising, is going to be ridden by Paul Townend. And um, just keep an eye out for the likes of Facile Mode as well, who's not the worst horse in the world. Absurd in the race William Mullins, really fascinating. We're going to get your best. We're going to get the best bet from the panel. And, and also, Mark, we'll start with you if you have any other horse you want to mention because we have a fascinating mare's bumper into the bargain. Yeah, Johnny, I, I give a flag to one in the timeless Ash Windows Handicap Hurdler race that's changed titles any amount of times over the last few years. But uh, one last tango, I thought he won well at Christmas. He got £9 for it. Uh, Owen Griffin, JP McManus. I see the decks here. Mark Walsh is booked to ride. That's no negative. Uh, I thought that on the ground at Christmas, when it turned very testing, I was worried. Uh, but the fact he won suggested he is a horse on the up, in spite of the ground. He's going to get much more favourable conditions here. He's proven around the track and trip. Um, if you can get a double-figure price, which I've seen knocking about about one last tango, I think that's going to be fair value. Um, but my nap, I'm going to I'm going to have a go and, and say a fact to file, Johnny, because I just think he is one of the most of the unexposed horses we just see this weekend. He's the one that could have the most upside. If he said to me, of that Labrooks chase, which of them could be a Gold Cup horse in a year or two's time, I think he's the more likely of them than Gaelic Warrior. But if there's nothing to catch him out, it'll just be a little bit of sharpness maybe from Gaelic Warrior on the day. But going this way around, I'll take my chance of fact the file as the nap. Don McLean. Uh, uh, yeah, sure. We can be here all day talking about what we're looking forward to, Johnny, for the weekend. A dream to share. Looking forward to seeing him again in the bumper on the Saturday um, the two mile handicap chase, the two mile one furlong handicap chase on the Saturday. That's a fascinating race. It's really, it's really competitive. I thought Madara, a rare British runner coming over from Sophie Leach, I thought he's an improving horse. I thought he won well at the December meeting at Cheltenham last time. And uh, bet of Sunday is factified for all the reasons I outlined earlier on. 110 nap also from Don Factify. Nicola, your nap on Sunday. Yeah, I think we're all singing off the same hymn sheet here, lads. Best horse that's not odds on as far as I'm concerned is Factify. Wow. Um, so there's three naps for Factify, even yeah. though this horse is absolutely not going to be sent off favourite, I think, here. <laughs> no. So I, I think Factify is going to represent the value of the day, really. Um, and it'll be really interesting to see, actually, how the betting goes on the day between the two. It'll depend on what sort of day one as well, of course. Willie and Paul have on the first day, um, you know, that will impact Gaelic Warriors odds as well, I'm sure. But fact, Paul was just excellent here at Christmas and he's going to be really tough to beat. Just to reiterate, then, Labrook's offer for the weekend, Nicola? Yeah, we're going to be running a matched free bet up to five euro. Beautiful. So uh, check that out. My nap on, on the uh, second day of the festival uh, is Risk Bell. That is the race that honours Paddy Mullins uh, and Willie Mullins, Paddy's son. And Willa prepped this horse for this race, fell in the race last year. And albeit she's higher now, but I think she's very, very solid. That was on the wire. Thanks to Don, Nicola and Mark Boylan. Um, it's a it's a hell of a weekend. I said at the start, the show was 2-0. Of course, it is 2-1 between Fast or Slow and uh, Gallop and Deschamps. That might change at the weekend. Regardless of what happens, we're going to have racing to absolutely savour over two days. On the Wire, in association with Ladbrokes.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 